let's turn to the sixth chapter of Acts, the book of Acts. In fact, I'm going to go back just a little bit, as I usually do, to make you see what, where we were when we stopped last week. The Pharisees told the disciples they were strictly not to teach anymore in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and so they said, do we obey you or do we obey God? And so they kept doing teaching about Jesus. And then Gamaliel stood up in chapter 5, verse 38, who was a great teacher of the law, and it was Paul's teacher, really. And he said, now I say to you, keep away from these men, these apostles. Let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it's of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, <laughs> they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, the Jewish council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And what did they do daily in the temple and in every house? They did not stop teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom of your word and that we can have this wisdom if we will just read it and lay it up in our hearts. So we want to be Bible readers and Bible, have Bible knowledge. So as we study today, just bless this part of your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. And if there's any needs among us, sick or whatever, financial, would you just take care of it, Lord? For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 6 of Acts. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a murmuring against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. These would be Greek-speaking Jews because their widows, the Hellenists, were neglected in the daily distribution of food. They had all things common, so they would share all their food. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte, from Syria or Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. That means they commissioned them to go ahead and do what they were supposed to do, be deacons. And the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient. And this word is often translated, they believed. In Hebrews 3.13 and Hebrews 4.16, the, the word is interchangeable. So they believed in Jesus. The, many of the priests were believed in Jesus. And Stephen, full of and this faith, um, in the New American Standard, or the NU translation, it's called grace, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen. These were Jews that were freed, 
Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia. They were disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Then they secretly induced men to say, We've heard him speak that blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council, and they set up false witnesses. You remember in the Old Testament about Naboth and the vineyard that the king wanted? He was sulking Ahab. He was sulking because he wanted this vineyard for himself, and it belonged. It was in the family property of Naboth, this vineyard. And so his wife, you remember her lovely name? Jezebel. Yeah, Jezebel. Do you remember? She was an unsavory sort of soul. <laughs> she said, but well, well, I'll get it for you. So she did, and she had him killed, like Naboth in 1 Kings 21. So she had set up back there false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at Stephen, saw his face as the face of an angel. Then the high priest said, Are these things so? And he said, Men and brethren, and this is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible, this message of Stephen. He said, Men and brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran, before he went up the Euphrates River, the side of the Euphrates, up to Haran in Syria. Then God called him down to Canaan. But so he said, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. And Mesopotamia is Ur of the Chaldees. And said to him, Get out of your country, from your relatives, and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans, Ur of the Chaldees. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran, up in Syria. And from there, from Syria, when his father was dead, he moved, God moved him to this land in which you now dwell, which would be Israel. And God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, God promised to give it to him, the land, for a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke in this way, that his descendants would sojourn in a foreign land, can you guess where that was? And that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them 400 years. That would be Egypt. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, says God. And after that, remember when they came out in Exodus, they spoiled the Egyptians because God laid it on the Egyptians' heart to give them everything, all the wealth of the land. So they went out with the wealth of, of Egypt. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, said God. And after that, they shall come out and serve me in this place, in Israel. Then he gave him the covenant, or the contract, of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, being envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him. 
and delivered Joseph out of all of his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Pharaoh made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Now a famine and great trouble came over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And the second time, Joseph was made known to his brothers. And I'm just thinking the first time when Jesus came, his brothers rejected him. When he comes again, they will realize who he is and they will believe in him. The second time, Joseph was made known. As we said before, Joseph became a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the second time, Joseph was made known to his brothers and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. That's a wonderful story at the end of Genesis. Then Joseph sent and called his father Jacob and all of his relatives to him, 75 people. So Jacob went down to Egypt and he died, he and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham bought for a sum of money from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. And when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies, throw them in the Nile so that they might not live. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God. He was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out into the river, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. But when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart, this is Moses, to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed, I've underlined this, that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they didn't understand or believe. And the next day, he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile these two Jewish fellows, saying, men, you're brothers. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then, at this saying, Moses fled and became a sojourner in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. Midian would be the land that Esau had. And when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, which would be in Arabia, Mount Horeb, and Midian, Esau's territory. And this is in Arabia. So when Moses saw it, this flame of fire in the burning bush, and as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am, not I was, or I will be. This means I always was, I am now, and I always will be. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groaning, and I've come down to deliver them. 
and now come, I will send you, <laughs> I'll send you, Moses, to Egypt. Well, you know, when back there, it, Moses tried to argue him out, God out of it. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one that God sent to be a ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God. Now that he said this prophetically speaking back in Deuteronomy 18, 19, he said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Now that's from Deuteronomy 18, 15 and 18. Him you shall hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles, the law, to give to us, whom our fathers would not obey but rejected. And in their hearts, underline this, in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. Not physically, but in their hearts they turned back to Egypt saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses, who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And they met a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets in Amos. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel. Yes, you took up the tabernacle, the tent of Moloch, this god of the heathen, required human sacrifice. You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, this would be Saturn, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David, who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. He's skipping over a lot of history, but Solomon built him the temple. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne. This is from Isaiah 66. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets didn't your fathers persecute? And they kill those who foretold the coming of the just one, whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers. You've become the murderers and betrayers of the just one. Who have received, you've received the law by the direction of angels through Moses and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven 
and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet, who has been watching it all, of a young man named Saul. Who do you suppose he became? The Apostle Paul. So he was watching all of this. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with his sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, the term for Christian death. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. God, what was his admonition? I want you to preach the gospel here, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. Well, they were staying right there in Jerusalem. So what got them going out? They were scattered by persecution. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, demons, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city, and he astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man, Simon, is the great power of God. And they listened to him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. So here is a, a sorcerer who is now believing in Jesus. If words mean anything, he became a believer. But he was a new believer. And new believers can get into all kinds of trouble <laughs> until they learn the Bible. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, so he believed, he was baptized, saying that Jesus was his Savior, he believed in the resurrection. He continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done by Philip. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw, here is a new believer, but he'd do anything for money. Now, when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered the money, saying, 
Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. See, he was a believer, but he was not right in the sight of God. Repent thereof. See, if he were an unbeliever, he wouldn't have said, change your mind. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you've spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. So he arose and went. Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury. Now, what does that tell you? What nationality would he probably be? <laughs> I'd say he'd be Jewish in charge of the treasury. So a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning back to Ethiopia was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read, the eunuch did, was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at this scripture and preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from the high priest, to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, which would be up the coast into Syria, same place it is today. 
It's one of the oldest cities in the world. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? (laughs) So he knew who it was. And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has here the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went in his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. And when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, the Christ, the sent one, the Savior. He preached him in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Isn't this the one who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? And he's come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Now, after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and didn't believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. 
And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, the Jewish believers, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. So all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with him, and when he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon, a tanner. Now there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Would you say this fellow was saved doing all these things? It isn't by works of righteousness that you're saved. He was devout. He feared God. He gave alms and prayed always. So, but he was lost. See? About the ninth hour, which would be 3 p.m., of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. The old King James, what you ought to do, not what you have to do. God never forces it, but he wants you to believe. Tell you what you must do, you ought to do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. And the next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet. 
bound at the four corners. It was descending to him and let down to the earth. In this sheet were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Now, in the Old Testament, things were clean or unclean under the law of Moses. Unclean, these were creatures, four-footed animals, wild beasts, creeping things, unclean for a Jew. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. Is that what we say to the Lord? (laughs) Peter said, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean, pure or impure. That means before God. I've never eaten anything impure before God. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. And he invited them in and lodged them. And on the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And he talked with him. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? And Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour, um, this word fasting I have in my notes, it's omitted from the revised version. So Evidently, it wasn't in the revised version. But so we could read it, I was not fasting. I was just at the ninth hour. I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send, therefore, to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes... He will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive 
that God shows no partiality. In other words, I'm a Jew and I thought we were the only ones that God accepted, but now I see that God doesn't show partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached, John the Baptist, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. They killed Jesus. Him, Jesus, God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Then he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and of the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, through Jesus' name, whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness or remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with other languages and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, Jewish people, saying, you went into uncircumcised men, you ate with them, you ate with unclean people. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, in a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. And when I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And at that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, Send men to Joppa. Call for Simon, whose name is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. Underline that. Go and find Peter, and he'll tell you words where you and your household can be saved. 
And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, John the Baptist, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's what are entered into union with, is what baptism means. Uh, so the minute you believed in Jesus, you were baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells you. But if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? And when they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. In other words, then God is going to save Gentiles as well as Jews? Yes. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch over in Syria, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Jewish believers, the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that they, with purpose of heart, should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians, where? In Antioch, in Syria. And in those days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the son of Zebedee, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, or during Passover week. So when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and it delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him 
and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus, the king's chamberlain, their friend, they asked for peace, because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a certain set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, The voice of a god and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, because he didn't give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they'd fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, up in Syria, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, which is East Croatia, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. 
and said, O oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now, when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, Paphos is the capital of Cyprus. They set sail from Paphos. They came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John departed from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia. This would be east of um, Turkey and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, and motioning with his hand, he said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers, and exalted the people when they dwelled as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them all out of it. And for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them, the Canaanite land, by allotment. And that he gave them judges after that for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterwards, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. After John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to lose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree, and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings. That promise which was made to the fathers, God has fulfilled this for us their children, in that he has raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second Psalm. You are my son. Psalm 2. Today I have begotten you, and that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus. 
This is from Isaiah, from both places. I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. That's Psalm 16. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, he died, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified, just as if you'd never sinned, justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. The law just tells you what sin is. Therefore, beware lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, as quoted again in Habakkuk chapter 1, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. And when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. This is Antioch and Pisidia, or Asia Minor. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded, I have set you to be, this is from Isaiah 42, I have set you to be a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed, they believed the gospel. This sounds like a difficult verse, but they appointed because they believed the gospel. As many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city. They raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So we'll stop today and start next week at chapter 14 of Acts. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful record that you've given to us of the early days of the gospel going out. We just thank you for the bravery and the faith of these apostles. We just pray that we might have this same bravery in our lives and in being witnesses to those we know and love, our relatives first and then neighbors and anyone that comes across our path. May our lives so reflect that we are Christians that others will be drawn to us and say, what is this that makes you different? So we ask this in Jesus' name with a blessing on each one here. In Jesus' name, amen.